Hello, this is Raymond, and you are listening to Global Yard. Global Yard, Global Yard, Global Yardy. Welcome to the Global Yardy Podcast. Global Yardy. Global Yardy. Captured colorful and powerful conversations on climate, culture, and sustainable living. Hello, this is Sami from Nigeria. It's good to have Global Yadi back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Yadi. I am your host, Dana Lynn, and we are still inside our Climate Justice Series, a partnership with the Young People for Action on Climate Change Jamaica, with funding support from the Open Society Foundation. I do hope that you've been enjoying the series thus far. We have been getting some good reviews, and I am so heartened just today on Instagram. We would have seen a dance artivist from Sweden, all the way from Sweden, including one of our Global Yadi episodes in her performance, you know, so we're very excited. And that's why we say we are the Global Yadi, you know, here recording from Jamaica. We're very excited that we're able to connect with the world. Now, as I mentioned, continuing along the series, when we're looking at climate justice, we have to ensure that different communities are represented because it's about inclusivity and people-centered approaches to respond to climate impacts. And now, continuing along the series, we're going to be spotlighting the visually impaired community. First and foremost, I wanted to share some important facts from the World Health organization that an estimated 1.3 billion people experience significant disability. However, of course, in our context, we love to say differently abled because we are differently abled. It doesn't, of course, we're limited in some functions in some respects, but it doesn't mean that we are, you know, 100% incapable or whatnot. And I know my guests would are going to offer some clarity on all the terms and how we would want to, to refer to the community and as it relates to blindness or or visually to be visually impaired globally at least 2.2 billion people have near or distance vision impairment and i think a lot of times when we are talking about climate justice and climate impacts underrepresented communities, marginalized communities or whatever term that we associate ourselves we are still not centering people with different abilities and that's that's why we're having this conversation now and i'm excited because we're joined by two gentlemen who's gonna who are gonna speak to us conrad harris who is the executive director of the jamaica society for the blind and patrick lafayette who is a communication consultant and the station manager for chris mix radio gentlemen welcome hi you know Happy to be here. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Conrad and Patrick. I love the rich voices. Patrick just so obviously the radio voice. <laughs> uh, when people hear your voice, do they ask you if you work in radio or something like that, Patrick? Well, I told. Uh, I usually tell them I get my voice uh, patterned from Conrad's. <laughs> oh that's nice that's nice that's yeah. nice all right so i want to jump right in the conversation um i'm gonna start with conrad conrad 
it said visually impaired people are disproportionately impacted by climate change. So climate change affects us all. But when it comes to the visually impaired community, there are different ways at different levels to how uh, your community is affected. Can you share some of the ways that the, your community is affected by climate impacts? Sure. And um, I, I want to uh, go from, I guess, the general to the specific, um, because as a general ru rule, when oftentimes when persons are planning, they're not planning for persons with disabilities. They're not planning for persons who are blind and visually impaired. So it means that many times the systems that we put in place um, do not consider persons who are blind. So we, we get left out. The, 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 the plans, the arrangements don't accommodate us. So that's a, a major thing. And, it, and, you know, it affects everything else. Um, persons um, who are blind or visually impaired, you'll find that quite often these persons may have um, mobility challenge. They are, you know, they have persons who are not able to... Uh, go out on your own, whether because of lack of training or other reasons. And mm -hmm. this means that, you know, if you have um, issues, for example, such as where, where you might have um, heat, overheating, so they, they may live somewhere and it, it's extremely hot, it, it might not be easy for persons to find um, alternate locations where they can can cool off. So, you know, that's that's one of the ways, you know, in which um, persons could face severe injury, you know, heat stroke, etc., because um, of their inability to 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 move around easily. Um, yeah. We also have we in Jamaica have probably one of the highest electricity electricity costs in the world. So mm -hmm. it also and, and and the fact that most persons who are blind are unemployed. It also means that um, you know we can't afford the cost of of running AC to keep ourselves schools. So that is another major challenge. Uh, uh -huh. Another thing I would look at is um, the way that we um, issue emergency alerts, and uh, the the. We know use cell phones a lot, and many of the things, uh, many of the messages, are issued over the um, cell phone. But you still have a large number of persons who are blind or visually impaired who yes. are not able to use the smartphone properly. So I know that you know, I know persons who will store up their message until they get they find somebody, a family. Um, member or friend who can actually go through the messages with them. So those are, mm. you know, just some of the ways in which um, this um, climate issue can affect persons who are blind negatively. Right. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Conrad. Patrick, I want to swing the same question to you to, to see if you have also additional perspectives on that. And, all, and, and even... I should have actually asked before we got to the climate impacts how it is that we we continue to you know exclude visually impaired people when we think about daily or daily ways or, or ways of operating. You see, one of the great um, things that's 
overlooked for me in the realm of having a disabled person in your household. When you have a disabled person in your household, more than likely the economics of that household would depend a lot or influence a lot by this disabled person because you're going to try and accommodate the individual. So a lot of your spending and your daily activity and what have you would have to somehow be in line with the independent living or daily living of this disabled person. Now, since it's so important and they make such a difference in the economy, in the household, it's a little bit a myth to me why people don't understand how great of a marketing energy source power this disabled person has. So when you do things the way they do things in Jamaica, uh, disaster preparedness for emergency management and stuff like that, there's not that much emphasis placed on the disabled in terms of the dissemination of the information. How do we get the information? The information transfer to us if somebody don't tell you something you don't know, or if you don't listen yes. to the radio, you can't watch the television. Oftentimes the television says, the time is, and you don't hear what the time is. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying yeah. to you? So in terms of catering to the needs, it's as Conrad said in the beginning, it, it's, it's, it, it's not a part of the process of putting together. We're not included. Now, how to do so is very important. Um, we have a community, the hearing impaired community. To this day, they don't have access to the emergency system, like 911 or 119, I beg your pardon. If a deaf person is home and there's an issue, someone breaking in the house, they can't ball out. They can't call the police. But mm -hmm. they could text so the emergency service also needs a text receiving device. Everybody have a device just about, and everybody can basically text and to make it even right. across the board so that hearing impaired and deaf community can be included, there should be a text receiver. So what obtains for the blind community though in, in that context? What's, what's available to you? Some years ago, uh, a disaster preparedness manual was put together. Um, I can proudly say that my wife, Indy McClymont Lafayette, um, had contributed to that project. And that disaster preparedness emergency management program for the disabled was put together as a manual. And I also, if I'm not mistaken, believe that it was also converted in a real format. You're correct about that. So there mm -hmm. is that part of it. However, yeah. however, this is the digital era. And it's much easier for an individual to receive the digital text message 
And we're, even though we are blind or visually impaired, the phone is able to convert that message into speech so we can read and hear. So it's just the little common things that escape us sometimes. Now, in case that we do have a major disaster based on the climate changes that's happening, the erosion of the beaches and all of that kind of stuff, there has to be some point or source of information dissemination that is general. And oftentimes you have things failing, like electricity, yeah? Mm -hmm. But on occasion, you'll find some of the cell phone providers may still be available. And if so, that's an avenue. Another major thing for us as blind people is the typography. Jamaican roads and sidewalks, most especially sidewalks, don't cater to blind people. And people who drive and park their vehicles, all manner of which we on the, on the sidewalk, where blind people have to walk out in the road. So until that level of education and public awareness and sensitization is done, and emphasized and repeated until that is in place, then we will still have the issue of people not taking into consideration. Because it's not saying they don't know, you know, but it's not in the forethought. You're parking your vehicle, you're not thinking about a blind person to walk here, so no. You park your vehicle mm -hmm. on the sidewalk. Mm. So, so linking that in the context of, of climate justice, because I know, you know, you touched on some things that can filter in into that context. And, and, and also Conrad mentioned it. So when we talk about the built environment, because even nowadays you're encouraging the architects, the urban planners and the designers to think about how we uh, and enhance the resilience of the built environment to respond to climate impacts. But so, but with the physical changes and the design changes that need to happen, how can we also ensure that the advancements are designed with visually impaired people in mind? What are some of the considerations there when you think of a building, a house where people live? Um, Conrad, do you want to come in on this one? Well, <laughs> yes, it's 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 an. Um you know, in, in interesting issues that you raise. And um, uh, I, I, I did allude to the fact that, you know, for us especially, one of the considerations is, is really how we deal with heat because, you know, mm. as a result of, of climate um, change, um, the time is getting hotter and hotter. And um, we don't seem to be, making any modifications to ensure that we are we're building um for houses that um are cooler right because as i said before we have one of the highest electricity so there's no way yes. that most of our members will be able to afford you know mm -hmm. to run ac so we we i, th I think that um many of these things should be included in our our um national um in our build in our building codes right, right. To, you know it should be far-sighted enough um you know to to look at those things and include um measures that will ensure that we are preparing um for those sort of e eventualities um 
if we um, look at the, the way the, the houses are built, you find many persons are in houses that are um, really not um, made to survive any, you know, any, 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 any unusual um, climate issues, right? So I think, I think it's, it's mainly an issue of planning. And the, the other thing was, as I, I had alluded to before, is that we need to um, be more cognizant of the persons who, who, who we, we live with, um, looking at, um, as if, if there are persons who are blind or visually impaired in, in your household, that you, um, you're more, you're more aware of their situation and, you know, their, their ability, for example, to move around, get from one place to the other. Um, but I, I guess the, the, the biggest issue would be, as I said, that we have a, we have housing stock that, um, can really keep persons school. I, I heard my mind wandered off on one of your the points that you made when you mentioned about persons who live with people that have disabilities. And Patrick also mentioned it at some point in time. But I do think you know when you are when you live with somebody who has a disability, you are your the responsive the level of responsiveness is absolutely greater. You know because of clearly that connect that connection or duty that you have to that person. My concern sometimes is observing people with disabilities in public spaces and what that could also mean when we have um, extreme weather events and natural disasters, you know. So there is some sort of sensitization that needs to happen and, and something culturally. I don't know what your perspective is on that, but in the context of natural disasters, how do you think we can improve either accessibility or support for visually impaired persons. Patrick, you have any thoughts? <sighs> you see, it comes around to sensitization of mm. the quote-unquote able-to-body individual. And the government also. February 14 last year saw the um, bill, the Disabilities Act, um, come into play, rat um, ratified and, and, and approved and everything. So we do have the Disabilities Act. There's a two-year period in which compliance and people will adjust to all of that kind of stuff. But what this means is that building codes and many other things would have to fall in play to deal at, with compliance. All right? Now, you have organizations that issue building license and certificates and all of that. There's a building code that is there. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know. This is just me, my own little thing. I don't know whether or not they consult the organizations like, let's say, the Jamaica Society for the Blind. Conrad could probably educate me on that. But the decision makers about certain building codes and adjustments and what's needed, 
I don't know if there's a consultancy. The reason why I say this, you know, because stupidness happens. Mm-hmm. There, there is a school that, and most schools, the computer lab is not on the ground floor. It's usually on the second floor. Right. Mm-hmm. There's this particular organization, educational institution, that don't want blind people or don't have blind people coming there because they feel that they're going to fall down the stairs and they can't come upstairs because this mm-hmm. and that and that and this. I don't want to call the names. Mm-hmm. All right? But Conrad can tell you, these are the things, the stereotypes that's associated with blind folks, as if we can't do nothing for ourselves. Yes. Now, now, we have all kinds of people. You know, uh-huh. all strata of the, the, the realm of business and civil society. As long as we get the tools and get the access, we can perform. Uh-huh. Now, you have climate change occurring. I see the UN said if we don't drop the, the, the level to at least 16%, the world's going to be in some serious problem with overheating, erosion, all kinds of everything. You see what climate change is bringing. Stronger hurricanes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Flooding and all that kind of stuff. We even get greater droughts. So, one of the things that has to be done when you make your plans for the community and the society and all of that, include the disabled community also. Yes. And not only include them, Try and source from them because you probably have some great experts in that community that can truly assist. If you put out a call, you'd be surprised. So I'm saying be more inclusive. If you're going to do things that's going to dictate our life and our independence, give us a chance to contribute to it. Hmm. And give us an avenue or a vehicle in which we may communicate. Information be disseminated to us. We can get information too, just like everybody else. And we get a chance to input. We would like to be able to input, not just receive, but input. Love that. Love love that point. Um, that makes me want to also ask Conrad a similar, you know, continuing that thread about the participation and inclusivity. Conrad, to what extent is the visual community, be it on an individual individual level or even with the Jamaica Society for the Blind and other affiliated entities, to what extent are you involved or invited to participate in climate conversations? Based on, on, on the, my experience at the Society for the Blind, mm-hmm. I how long have you been there? Sorry, I've how long been have here you been for there? over twenty years. All right, and I I don't see the especially the government agencies dealing with disasters. I don't see them. Including us in no overtures, no overtures, <laughs> no, no, the era of planning and so. Mm-hmm. I do. We we have um, been in involved in you know with, with non government organization agencies. For example, I know that um, the, we the University of the West Indies um, uh, they have had several. Um, 
events dealing with climate climate change, and you know we have been a part of many of those. But um, in terms of the uh, government agencies, the government planning system, I can't recall us, you know, really being invited to 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 be a part of of that issue. And you know, I was. To support what 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 Patrick was saying, you know about the same thing. Um, in in years gone by, the the communities used to be more of a village, so everybody used to know the yes. one another, and they used to look out for one another. No, you can be in a community, and you know sometimes you don't even know your neighbor, so it makes it even more important than that the the Agencies dealing with disaster preparedness, the the local committees have a way of, you know, find a way of reaching out to the disabled persons, blind and visually impaired persons in in, in that are in their particular area. No way they are, and so that you know they you know if there are issues, they they know how to reach them because, you know, we, we tend to treat disabled persons as one or blind persons as one but but different pe- persons will have different needs um right. you know we, we mentioned the phone before there are some persons who are good at using the cell phone they, they master the technology and all of that there are others who don't want to use it and are still you know maybe using their banners so text will reach some persons and won't reach others right right so if you know who is there, if you know, you know, the, the, their needs, then you can reach out to them. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then well, we saw it. I don't know if people find it, um, if they're challenged with trying to provide resources to facilitate your participation. Has that been a part of your experience where you, you're expected to, where you've been invited to somewhere and they're perhaps issues with limitations as it relates to accessibility um, and and your participation? Well, from, from, in terms of, um, from, from my point of view, um, usually I don't find that that is the case. I usually find the, the issues that they're, they're really um, not um, thinking of us. Um, I, I guess in, in terms of uh, the accessibility issue, it um, probably might be more pronounced now in, in, in the sense that, well, I think most persons still tend to use, you know, um, if, if we're doing online stuff, Zoom or Teams platform and, and um, for persons who can manage the, you know, can manage um, the the accessibility issue those things are sorry the technology um those platform are those platforms are easily accessible um so that's not really the issue i think it's i think the major thing you know is that um but they don't think that we call that they, they don't think that um persons with disabilities um have valuable probably they just don't think of us i'll probably get banged for saying this yeah Say it anyway. I'll probably get back for saying this. Now, now, with all due respect to the able body community, I mean, I can't bang them too much because they don't have the knowledge. 
Right. They just don't have the knowledge. One. On the other side of the fence, the actual disabled community, I can't bang them either too much. Because if 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 you have been on the 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 on the end where it's mostly handouts you get. Yeah? And you have to wait until it's given to you or the attention is given to you. That's been the basic way things occur in the realm of the disabled. Now, you will have a, a, a few within the disabled community who are very vocal and will stand mm-hmm. up and cuss and raise hell. However, that's a little bit few and becoming a little less. You see me? All right. Me different. Me not care. And because I have a voice in media, I will still do my best to insert myself in many areas where I can make a difference. So I've found myself right. on many different entities um, um, with a broadcast commission because Jamaica is making that transition over to digital media. All right. And one of the things that I didn't want to see is us get left out of that process. Because mm-hmm. one of the major things for us is receiving information and, and giving information. Because our yes. community, we don't have a source right. for ourselves. However, mm-hmm. with the digital realm being activated, that too is possible. However, there are certain things that I would like to see occur when the digital realm occur. In the United States, right. at least 50 hours of broadcast or telecast time is audio described. A simple thing, audio description. So if the person say, and now the time is, you don't hear nothing, we want some description. It's 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. When things mm-hmm. are being read or presented on the television, audio description. Simple things. Right. So now the fact that Jamaica is going all digital, we need a source that we can listen to for emergency service. Climate change is occurring. We need to identify places that we can go in case of an emergency, designated places, and designated people and vehicles that can assist us to get where we need to go. Jamaica Council for Persons with Disabilities have been logging and cataloging disabled people in Jamaica as many as they can. Am I not correct, uh, Conrad? Yeah, that's correct. So if we have a demography, then we can have a better idea of where people are located just in case of. Yes. So this database needs to be focused on even greater so it becomes a government database on a different level where not only for disaster, but for also services can be provided. If we have you logged, then we know your challenge, then we know what we can do for you where you are, where we queue. So there's need to be a greater documentation of the communities, the disabled communities, mm-hmm. because as climate change gets more, things will occur more, and we will need to know more about the individuals that are in the greatest need, the greatest challenge, mm-hmm. the most vulnerable in our communities. Yes, a solid point, solid point. But I want to also ask, before we speak about climate response, we, you know, 
there is still in the hovering in the background the gaps that are associated with climate awareness. And if we're going to talk about the disabled community and the, dis and the visually impaired community, I want you to also help us to understand the social picture as well in terms of the literacy level and how people are able to interact with the the affordances like, you know, that enable them to, to get information. So I know, as you mentioned, the, the digital realm is there and there are audio descriptions that are online. So I have a podcast. There are people on social media sharing content, websites. You know, how how is it that we can improve access so the community can absorb this information? Um, I, I, I am aware that there are experts active in the community, yes. But if we are also still on the campaign of spreading awareness are we making it are we facilitating the ease of information or ease of access for the visually impaired community Ooh, that's a tough one sis you see i get down to common brass tax you know common brass mm -hmm. tax if you want to inform the community of of of, of, of a situation yeah? yeah town crier simple town crier so it comes down again to what it is that government desires to do for the disabled community. There needs to be a more concerted focus on that community. Again, if you have a disabled person in your household, the economy of that household will be determined a lot or influenced a lot by that disabled person. Mm -hmm. What you buy all the money spent. So that person has great influence on the purchasing power of the dollar and the market in which you go purchase. So you, you understand what I'm trying to say to you with, with that situation? They're important. You can't mm -hmm. put them to the side. They're very important to the mix of things. Now, there are buses that have been assigned to the disabled community. The frequency and everything of them I can't attest to. But I'm saying if there's an emergency tomorrow, how many of those buses are assigned to go pick up at a certain point? What kind of coordination is there that exists right now with government? Is there anything? And if there is, how, how do we know about it? How can we be right. informed about it? God forbid something will happen tomorrow. Earthquake or what have you. You understand yes. where I'm coming from? Yes. Or, or even as you mentioned, buses. You we talk about the other descriptors. You know, in 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 other countries, when you're traveling on the bus, at each point destination point, there is a recording or an audio. You know, a voice that that um, informs the passengers at what point along the journey they which point along the journey they're at yep. and i think that is also something that can help because a lot of times i see blind people visually impaired people you know traveling on their own and you don't know where you're getting off right and and it could happen very well you, you live in certain areas there's a landslide there's something how is it that you can now know you know i can divert and and change another route so even some of the the, the innovations and the affordances how is it that can how we can adjust and even integrate this to make um life easier for the, the disabled community something that we need to think about you know, it just shows that we need to have an, an emergency warning system which mm -hmm. is accessible to all so you know you can't have one mode you can't be text or anything you have to have um, a, a setup that um, a 
provides information in multiple ways so that it's every, everybody can, can receive that information. All right. But Conrad, tell us what is important in this context. And I don't want to say we don't care about everybody, but we want to have a better understanding of what's appropriate for the visually impaired community. So what should that warning system um, do for the visually impaired? No, so so um, so what I'm saying is that yes, yes um, text is one method because we have many persons now who can use a, a, a cell phone and receive that information and read that information. Okay. But not all persons can do that. So then you would have to have another method, um, okay. some kind of audio method. It could be, for yes. example, like a, a, let's say a system where all the phones in a particular area vibrate. I know, you know, that once you hear that, you, you dial a particular number, you know, but it has to be okay. something that will ensure that, that um, everybody can reach it. Those who can use the technology and read text, as well as those who can, who can only use audio. In, in winding down, though, um, I want to also bring in, and um, perhaps we're also hoping that we can connect because we've been trying to connect with some of the youth in this space. Um, what role do you see visually impaired youth playing as it relates to helping along some of these transformative processes that are needed for climate justice in your community? Conrad, I can start with you. If I hear you correctly, you're asking the role that um, visually impaired youth, youth can play. Yes, yes, yes. And right. the space for them. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that Patrick indicated early on was that, you know, it seems that there are less and less of us, meaning persons who are blind in this case, mm -hmm. maybe persons with disabilities who are willing to advocate mm -hmm. and really that needs to change um there need to be many more of us who are um, speaking out who are ensuring that we are a part of the community wherever we are meaning that you know we we, we go to the church in our community we if if there's a citizens association you know those groups we insert ourselves in in those areas and um make our, our voices heard. Um, I think, you know, although we haven't achieved all we want, I think, you know, some amount of uh, good has, has been achieved. And I think probably the younger, per many of the younger persons know, you know, they are just um, basically concerned with um, getting on with their life, doing their jobs. And so, but I mean, we are we are here because um, persons in the past advocated for many of the benefits that exist now. You know, mm -hmm. the, the benefits such such as what we have in terms of income tax benefit from um, housing trust, getting you know no um, interest payments, um, all those things. So um, we can't keep. Quiet. We can't say, okay, we are here, so we don't need to go. There, there, there's still a whole lot to be to be done. And I think the best way to make your voices heard, heard and to allow persons to see and understand what persons with disabilities are capable of is to make sure that, you know, we are a part of whatever community exists, whatever group exists. Because, you know, 
if if when we do if we don't do that, we'll continue to be left out. Patrick, you have any final thoughts on that? I agree with Conrad a million percent. But I have to add to that by saying, and 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 uh, the indictment for me is on, on on the side of the governments where forums, discussions. It's important to have discussions. And with forums and discussions, an invitation to the various community members, disabled community members, to be included in some of these discussions. The more you see of us, the more you hear of us, the more you see us do things and accomplish things, is the less likely you are to keep us in a stereotype. So it is incumbent on government when they do these awareness things and we on our side also need to advocate for that opportunity we need to say it's about time we get a voice now unfortunately the media houses that exist don't really give us no airtime many moons ago there was a little half hour feature called awareness remember that conrad yes yes it was on radio and they used to, mm-hmm. you know, present things that's happening in the blind community. I don't think it's still on, is it? No. For many years. So we don't have a voice. We're not heard. That's why people are reserved about inclusion, hiring us to do things and all of that. I know some brilliant blind folks that can do some wondrously awesome things. Mm-hmm. Look at my brother here. Mr. Harris is an exceptionally competent person, both in his private life and his professional life. He's the director of an organization that takes care of quite a number of people. And he does so efficiently, competently with the tools that he has. So all I'm saying is put us in a position where we can at least display our accomplishments and achievements. That would help to educate the general public, man. Sensitize them to what we can do. And don't be so afraid of us and think that our blindness is a disease that's catching or something. Or it's a burden. Yes. I think that's how people think. Yes. From your blind, your life done. No, no. My good brother and myself can well attest that that we're very much alive and kicking. Are we not, see? Yes. Yes. Definitely. So... Yeah, I, I love that closeout. My takeaway from what you just said, I, what I'm getting from that is you're saying, let's focus on elevation for representation. Because, yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Because yes. we are VIPs. Yeah, man. Conrad yeah. and I, we are VIPs. Mm-hmm. We're visually impaired professionals. <laughs> you're going to say, and you're very important people. I'm going to ask. Well, we, 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 we're <laughs> We are. We all are. We all are. We all are. But there's so much. Yes, there's there's so much. There's so much to more that we you know we could explore in this context. But I want to thank you both for taking the time for sharing with us and opening our minds as to the considerations that that we ought to make for the visually impaired community. And Patrick and Conrad, one of the important things that you both underscored, it's not about treating people who are visually impaired within that stereotype. Because like you said, we're differently abled. And, you know, there are skills and talents. Like Patrick, you're a station Mm -hmm. manager, you know, for Chris Mix Radio. You know, so it's it's like a similar skills that you have for for persons who are within the radio and media space. You're a media practitioner, you're a communication practitioner. And and Conrad is an executive director, a leader um, in his field, you know, human resource and and all of those other 
um, yes. the gamut that comes with management and people management. So very much, you know, we all need to, we need to focus on how we have conversations with the differently able community and not just for, and that's the very reason we are bringing you in this space so we can normalize um, your inclusion as, as we ought to for not just climate justice issues, but the, the broader, um, you know, scope of societal issues as well. But very grateful for the insights that you've shared with us today. So Conrad Harris, Executive Director for Jamaica Society for the Blind, and Patrick Lafayette, Communication Consultant and Station Manager for Chris Mix Radio. Thank you so much for joining the Global Yardi Podcast and sharing Hello, in the climate justice. Thank, Thank you for inviting us. listening global yadi remember to like share and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at global yadi to learn more about the caribbean youth climate justice coalition follow ypacja on instagram and twitter that's ypacca